Um, I just want to pray quickly before I get to the word tonight. Just close our eyes. Father, God, I thank you that you're so evidently here tonight. From when we walked in the room, from the, as soon as the cafe started cranking and just, just connection was happening, even before that leaders meeting with Alex pouring at his heart, just seeing this place, seeing what you're doing here, seeing the lives that are transformed, what a privilege to be a part of it. God, we just ask that you speak to us from your spirit to our spirit here tonight. Stir us up. Thank you, God, that whatever we're doing for you, I thank you that you're empowering us to do it. And I thank you that it's worth every tiny little bit of it. Every, every stressful moment, every, every tough moment. Father, I thank you. Just hearing someone share their life with us here tonight and, and say that it's because of a support network of peers and, and your presence. We just thank you. We just thank you for being a part of it. Move tonight. Reveal yourself tonight. Jesus, beautiful name. Alrighty. Um, so, tonight. He who has ears to hear. I want to talk about hearing the voice of God. Revelations 2.11, it says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. <clears throat> have, you, have you ever thought about just natural hearing? Just hearing in general. How we're fearfully and wonderfully made. How we're so intricate and, and just complexly put together. What That in itself, to me, is proof of a creator. You don't have to delve in, into all these things to find out that we're created by a loving God. Just look at ourselves. Look at how we're put together. It's, have you ever actually stopped and thought about it? It's, it's wild. Sight, hearing, touch, the brain. How it, oh, it's just nuts. Um, hearing in itself... The, the ear has the three smallest bones in the body, in the ear. And when you're born, they're at full size. They never grow. That in itself is just like, get your head around that. So these, they're tiny, like all three together would fit on a five cent coin. They're, they're tiny. Yet you're born with them at full size. Hearing's this amazing gift that God's given us in the natural. But we're going to delve in a little deeper tonight. Not just natural hearing, but, but supernatural hearing. My last job, I was working as a caseworker with um, abused and neglected kids and in foster care. Like, the company we worked for worked with the kids that every other company said, too extreme for us, we can't handle because of behaviour, because <clears throat> of their background. So I had young guys, um, one of them, I started working with him when he was seven and he'd been in 14 different foster homes before he was seven. Like they're really complex characters we're dealing with. We, part of my job was we used to run these camps and we'd um, pull up our bus at the pickup point, which was Seven Hills Maccas, classy establishment. <clears throat> we'd pull up there and we'd, we'd meet the kids that we're spending the week with. And one of these trips, we arrived and there was a, a young guy there, <clears throat> Steve, who was 100% deaf and no one gave us the heads up. So we, we rock up to the pickup zone and we're like, a, a tad surprised. So Steve was there, 100% deaf. And we're like, okay. And then just as we're about to leave, the carers are like, oh, got a bit of a temper. Um, okay, really bad temper. So we had this 100% deaf kid who was from a really tough background and who had a really savage temper. So they're, they're the ingredients for a really good camping experience in my eyes. <laughs> really set us up for a win. I was really looking forward to that week from that moment onwards. Um, we get to the campsite and we're up at Cataract Dam, which is Western Sydney. 
And it's, this, this, it's where all the Navy SEALs do training and stuff, but it's also a scout park. They got this, this um, skills, what do you call it? You know those runs that you do? Where you, yeah, obstacle courses that the Navy SEALs actually train on. It was full on. We didn't unleash the kids there. It was just, no, bad mix. But we, we get there and we're, we're out in one of the activities in the middle of this, it was the giant swing. You know the giant swing, but it was set on the middle of nowhere. We were actually, as, as leaders, we go back there at night and we, we did it at pitch black at like midnight. <clears throat> but we do it backwards with your eyes closed. Just sort of get it out of your system, the intenseness of the week. But we were out there doing the giant swing with the kids in the daytime. And Steve had this, I probably shouldn't use his name, should I? He's not going to listen to the podcast. <coughs> it's actually not his name. Got you good. <coughs> Confidentiality, people. A little caseworker. Um, so we're in the middle of the bush for the giant swing. And <coughs> Steve, decide, Steve decides to have a tanty. Like he, he, he spat the dummy. And he disappeared in 3,000 acres of bush. How do you find a deaf kid in 3,000 acres of bush? I, I, was, I was freaking. I could see the headlines. It wasn't going to end good. I, I was honestly just, just packing it. And then every now and then he'd make a noise. I won't imitate because that would be mockery. Um, we'll just say a, de- a deaf person noise. Um, and we'd be sitting there going, Steve's fallen over and he's bleeding to death somewhere over there, that general vicinity of Bush. So we, we were just, it took us over an hour to find him. You know, the really bad thing. We got there, two of the other kids from camp were with him, hearing-abled kids. Where This whole time we're yelling out, Steve, oh no, deaf, not going to help. And we get there and we're like, what the? Why didn't you answer? Why didn't you give us some direction? And these smug little kids just looked, well, you weren't calling our name, were you? <laughs> oh. He who has ears to hear. Um, hearing in itself, like we, we can't take it lightly, it's a gift from God. It really is. And seeing people that live without it, it's, it's so hard. That's such a, a frustrating thing. But do you know what's just as hard? Living as a born-again believer and not hearing God's voice. Being deaf in our spirit life. Uh, as a born-again, spirit-filled believer, we have to realize that we don't have to be weird. But we do have to realize we're not normal. Big difference. There's, you don't need to fluff it up with all these extra weird stuff. Like we don't need a, there's enough about Christianity that the unsaved struggle with without us fluffing it up a bit. Without us putting on the Christianese and being weird. Oh, weirdness. But we do have to realise we're spirit-filled. We're filled by the Spirit of God. We've got the gifts of the Spirit that we can operate in. It's, it's not a normal life that we live. So we've got to learn and practice hearing the voice of God. It's not something that you're just going to wake up one day and go, hmm, hearing the voice of God quite clearly now. If you, if you do have that moment, we'll come visit you. You'll be, you'll be committed somewhere. <laughs> but 
you have these moments in your Christian walk where you, where you hear God's voice. And it, it rocks your world to think the creator of the universe speaks to us. Isn't that, isn't that wild? That we, we can have these moments where something's illuminated or something's revealed. Do you know who he speaks to, bud? He speaks to those that are building his house. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Jesus said, I will build my house, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. He wants us to operate as a body, dependent and united with each other. Not doing a solo race, but entwined with each other. When God speaks to me, it's very seldom about myself. It's about someone I'm reaching out to, someone I'm discipling, someone I'm leading, or someone I'm I'm ministering to. Most of the time I hear God's voice is when it's a selfless moment. Jesus said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others. When we have that in operation, when we jump on Jesus' agenda and say, I'm going to build his house, then we have these moments where God says, great, you're about my will, let me flow through you. Um, Some of you may have met Luke Saragoza. He did college for two years here. Then he went to do an internship with Salvation Army. Let me tell you a story about Luke. I was here doing the, um, the healing service, doing a service there, and I did an altar call and prayed for a lady who had arthritis and she got healed. And she came up to me and goes, Juz, I've heard your testimony. Um, can you help with my son, Luke? And I'm like, oh, Luke who? Saragoza. I'm like, I went to school with your son. And she's like, no way, I, did, I didn't know that. And I hadn't seen Luke at this stage for something like nine years. And I said to her, you give me his number and I promise you I'll give him a call and I'll touch base. Left church, was on the way to my brother's house. This little tug at my heart. Go to the ATM at Forest Way and get out 20 bucks. Little tug at my heart. It didn't make sense because I had money in my wallet, enough for what I needed. Earlier that year, I'd made a commitment to God. When I have that little inclination, you know when you're praying and you have that little inclination, that name pops in your head like, Shaniqua just pops in your head all of a sudden. I thought that was a safe name to go with. Any Shaniqua... Preach that at Silverwater on the other hand. You're, you're popping a few Shaniquas. <laughs> um, I used to be out there. There's three Shaniquas on the SG team. No, there's not. <laughs> um, so I, I made this commitment to God that when that name popped in my head, I'm not just going to do what I'd done previously and throw up one of those cute religious prayers. You know, that, oh, bless Shaniqua. <laughs> Comfort her. I actually, I said to God, if you speak to me, if I, if I get just an inclination that it is you, I'm going to act upon it. I'm going to send a text. I'm going to make a call. I'm going to, I'm going to do something to follow that through. And that started a journey of just some wild moments with God. Because I'd made this commitment. But still, it doesn't, doesn't come naturally. Go to the ATM, get out 20 bucks. I'm sitting there going, stupid thought, money in the wallet. And then I wrestled with it for about 20 minutes. And then I was like, oh, maybe this has got to do with that commitment I made earlier in the year. Maybe this is, hello. So I decided to be obedient and go to Forest Way. This is 10 minutes after I spoke to her, um, Luke's mum. Who's at the ATM? Luke. Hadn't seen him in nine years. He's standing at the ATM. And I'm like, and I'm, as I'm saying before, you don't have to be weird. I didn't run up to him and goes, oh my, God just spoke to me. Um, <laughs> like, not cool. The guy's going to look at you and go, <laughs> nut job, run. 
so I just, I just started chatting to him. I'm like, hey, let's, let's do dinner and catch up. I actually spoke to your mum today. And he goes, I oh, know, mum just called. This is weird. <laughs> and we hooked up, went to, went to dinner at a Thai place. Um, he starts pouring his heart out. He's like, this, one of my good friends at school, he was dating at school. She was in a car crash with Luke. She died. He survived. Wow. So he was laying down in the driving seat. She was sitting up driving. They'd been trashed. You know, that's sort of the circle of friends I had before Christianity. Just, yeah. So she passed away. She's a, she was a lovely girl. And ever since, he'd become a full-blown alcoholic trying to suppress the pain. So for many years, he just tried to escape through substance. Pressure would come, substance. And then... We were just chatting, unpackaging all this. And then I just said to him, in that moment, I said, hey, do you know when we hooked up at the ATM? Not hooked up, but... <clears throat> you, know when we, you, know when we, you know when we ran into each other at the ATM? Do you know that, that I was driving somewhere else, but I felt God speaking to me to come to that, that ATM and see you? And he's like, wow. And I'm like, God cares for you so much that he'd speak to me about you. And he said, I've come to church. The beginning of dinner, his first words were, no, you're a Christian, not interested, don't preach at me. End of dinner, he's like, I'll come to church. <laughs> Comes to church. And I'm not saying that he would have missed out on his salvation experience if I wasn't obedient, but I know how much easier it is because of a moment like that. I'm not, God's always got many different ways. His, his heart is to see people saved. He's not going to go, oh, disobedient, hell. <laughs> I don't think anyway, pretty sure pretty sure he's not that type of God. So we get there to church and he's not interested. Arms folded, didn't stand in the worship, played with me a bit, which was cool. Um, he was just not into it. I find out later he was high as a kite. He was trashed. End of that service, he's like, I think I want to do full-time Bible college. I'm like, yeah, because you're obviously so passionate into this whole thing. He comes and he signs up for full-time Bible college, does two years, um, does an internship with Oasis. He's now serving in a church in Queensland. He was ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. I was in, I was in Adelaide. You heard that story on Sunday with the family? I, I, I wish these moments would happen more. They're, they're few and far between, but when you get them, oh, they preach good. <laughs> no. They're just these, these moments, you're like, I wish I could live there. You know those moments in God where you're like, why can't this be all the case? Why do I have to have those sleepless nights and the stress? And Can't we just live here in happy land? Can't we just live here in, in the presence of God? Like that worship earlier on today. Who reckons we've got the best worship in, in the young and old service of this church? <laughs> no, honestly, our worship, I've asked Christian in the past, hey, you've got so much going on. How about we do re rehearsals fortnightly so you've got some time off? And he's like, no, we, just want to, we don't want to just sing songs. We want to produce something for the community. That's the heart of the worship team. And it's so evident. I honestly, I encounter God more here than anywhere else. Probably because I have to preach and I have to really push in. <laughs> but honestly, I, I encounter God here so, every week. Without doubt, God's in this place. Doesn't matter what I've been through that week. Sometimes it's a struggle to get here. As soon as I'm here, oh, I'm so glad I'm here. There's something here that I need to carry me through this week. Because I passed other thing as well. Um, so Adelaide, that, that story with the, with the family, that was an awesome little moment. Earlier on, I did a youth conference attached to that, that, that service. 
And there's this guy, um, Brendan Skinner. He's given me permission to share this story. And we're sitting there. I was just preaching away and suddenly God spoke to me about Brendan, called him out. He, he does a bit of um, short films, like he'd entered in a few short films. Pretty funny, good stuff, happy days. I, I started prophesying really specific things. It was about five things that God was speaking through me to him. Um, about who he's going to be um, hanging out with. About opportunities that were going to come. Like he, he sent me the audio and it was specific things. Presence last year, he comes up and goes, Juz, every one of those points came to pass. And I'm like, Wow. And he goes, but not only that, I, was, I went for a grant to get a short film approved, got knocked back, got rejected. About to give up on the whole thing, remembered the word you spoke, remembered the word God spoke through you, said, I'm going to persevere. Knocked on another door for another grant, got rejected. Wanted to give up. Remembered it, persevered. Third time, sealed the deal. He's now got a $12 million contract to make a full feature film. Isn't that, he who has ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. That excites me. Do you know know certain things that we need in place to hear the voice of God? One, we've got to be leaning in. We've got to be intentional. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. We've got to to be desiring and leaning into God. We've, We've got to make space. Most of the time God speaks to me is not in my prayer time. My prayer time is just me spending time with God. Normally it's meditation on scripture, praying in tongues. I've, I don't come to him with a shopping list much anymore because I just see answers happen in my life quite frequently. It's more so just making sure I engage and get, get in his presence. And, and I do that every day. And I, if I don't do it, I feel it. It's like brushing your teeth. If you don't do it daily, other people can notice. And they will point it out to you. Hey, attitude's a bit... Um, so the overflow of leaning in is these God moments. Not, it's not often in the prayer time. So some, some people get discouraged. Like they have their prayer time and they're like, God didn't speak to me and they get discouraged with prayer. But the thing is, if you're leaning into him, it leaves a space for him to do what he wants to do when the timing's right. Leaning in, eagerly desiring, building his house, getting on board with his agenda. I... I, I, like I've got a few stories like this where there's specific things God had said and you just sit there going, why can't that be every service? Why can't that be every meeting? If it was, you'd sort of, it'd become the norm and it, it'd, make, it'd make it less special. And it also, the, the contrast between normal life and a God moment is what I love the most. You're having a really tough week, like you're feeling, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling whatever, and then you get into his presence and then you have a God moment. You're like, wow, so noticeable. The contrast is what it's all about. Learning to appreciate the difference. Learning to recognize within yourself when you are connected and when you're a little distant. And the more, the more that you, you learn to lean in, the more you're going to have these moments where God is going to speak powerfully through you, specific things. I was in a church in Vineyard out in Windsor. Really super Spiro church. Like we're a Pentecostal church, believes in the Spirit of God. This is a church that doesn't believe in run sheets. Alex would... He'd cry himself to sleep there. They honestly didn't. I'm like, when do I get up to preach? Or when you feel led to preach? How long does the worship go for? As long as the worship leader feels led to worship. I'm like, tough gig. Tough gig. Oh, no. <laughs> Far from. <laughs> and then, so this night was just, it, it, it caught me off guard a bit because it was very different than what we do. Um, there was no respect for people's time. So people are coming and going throughout the service. Like they're just sort of a revolving door vibe. So we, speaking and respecting time, 
we got we got moments. We got moments. Um, and so in this moment, it was it was interesting. At the end, I was praying for the senior pastor. Like I prayed for everyone that I normally you don't go into a church and say, "Senior pastor, I've got a word." Not, not cool. Not kosher. But at the end, he came up to me and he goes, "Can you please pray for me?" And I'm like, "Wow, pressure gig. Pray for the senior pastor of a church." Started praying for him, and these words came out of my mouth: "You've got the Midas touch." As soon as I said that, he hit the ground and started wailing in a super spiro way. <laughs> like he's, he's rolling and moaning and, you know, all that fun stuff. And I'm, I'm sitting there going, interesting. Like he was squealing like a schoolgirl. Um, he was a grown adult man. At... So afterwards I'm speaking to him and I'm like, um, so, good night. <sighs> and he's like, he goes... When I was at Bible college, everyone used to say to me, you got the Midas touch, you got the Midas touch. I've been operating at a gift for the last 20 years. I've had no passion for ministry. As soon as you said those words, everything that, was, that I had at Bible college rushed back into my body. And I'm sitting there going, awesome. I thought it was just a cute little, hey, Midas touch. Hey. For, him, for him, it's this moment where God's met with him because all I did was just step out in obedience. All I did was make a commitment to God to say, when I feel you speaking to me, I'm going to step out and do something about it. And I, I, I want to close tonight with that encouragement to all of us. Lean in. Build his house. Get on his agenda. Step out in obedience. It's tough. It's awkward. You have some... I can tell you about some flops, but I'm just going to tell you about the success stories. <laughs> but you have those moments where you do it and they, they give you a funny look or they walk away offended or they... You have a lot of them. It's part of the fun. <laughs> it's part of the character building. But I just, want to, I just want to encourage us as a community to start leaning into him. Start saying, God, what are you saying to my D group? What are you saying to my connect group? What are you saying to my team? What are you saying to that person I'm reaching out to? When you, when you learn to say the right thing at the right time to the right person, it makes your job so much easier as a, as a minister, as an evangelist, as a, as a Christian. Let's just close our eyes. God, I just thank you that you stir us up afresh for the gifts of the Spirit. We eagerly desire. We're not complacent. We're not lethargic. We eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. We're intentional about it. We, we ask you for it daily. We say, God, help me to prophesy. God, empower me to prophesy. God, give me words of knowledge and words of wisdom, miracles, healings. God, we want to see it done your way, not our way. We want to, we want to build this thing according to your will and according to your way. What a privilege to partner with you. What a privilege to be led by you. To hear your voice. Unblock deaf spiritual ears here tonight. Unblock them. Give us ears to hear. Give us the right motives. Give us the right approach, the right tact. Jesus. Jesus. While your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, I just want to ask...